I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone. Touch them all, Joe Maurer. And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now, our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Touch Em All podcast. Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore coming to you live, or not really live, well, I like guess. We're like, live. We're live, but you're not listening live because that's not how podcasting works. Uh, outside the 1500 ESPN studios, trying to take advantage of any sliver of 60 degrees and sunshine, yeah. we can. So pardon the light rail noise in the background and the occasional wind gust. And I do think that in the future, Phil, we've talked about this a lot off microphone, Maybe a live episode of the Touch Em All podcast would make sense. We've got notes from people, you know, even just hanging out and watching a playoff game or or just a live taping of the podcast might be fun. This one, I don't see any listeners here. And if they are, the creepiness factor is way, way up there. There's a homeless guy, but I, I don't think he has headphones. He's not a subscriber, no. And never reviewed us on iTunes. Yeah. But you can stay. It's fine. No, you, you can stay. It's fine. What we should do, you bring up uh, listener viewing parties now. We're, we're in the middle of the championship series here, so if we look ahead to World Series, we could do some kind of a viewing party for the World Series, but I think what we should do is sometime this winter when people are craving that baseball fix, I think we should put together a movie theater gathering. We've been talking about this off mm-hmm. mic. Yep. There's a number of baseball movies you haven't seen yet, like Major League. It's a I big, mean, like pillar baseball movies. Yeah, it's a big number. We should just rent out a theater and have a bunch of Touch Em All yes. and Mackie and Judd listeners, and all of us together can watch Derek Wetmore watch <laughs> Major League God. and Bull Durham See? and some famous baseball See, movies. See, I don't like being the center of attention, but that is a funny <laughs> idea. I've like, also... We literally won't even be facing the movie screen. We'll all just be <laughs> yeah. facing you. Oh, here comes the part. See what he says. <laughs> I also have thought in the past, and this is a corny idea, but I'll just say it because our audience might think it's funny like I do. Just like in January when you just need baseball, you're like, all right, the free agent – the hot stove has cooled down. We're still six weeks away from spring training. And even spring training, let's be honest, there's another six weeks till any baseball that matters. It's a pretty lonely time. I thought about just popping in the disc of, like, the 87 World Series and live-tweeting it you or know, something. You know, some people, were, uh, some people were taking screenshots of the 30-year anniversary of the, the oh, 1987 nice. World Series I saw last week in my Twitter timeline. Nice. So. So that was cool. Let's devote this episode. We're going to start. You're going to take the floor here first because you have a fairly bold take on someone the Twins should dive into in free agency. And I have kind of a blueprint, a general blueprint, and some names I want to throw at you. Okay. So we're going to we're gonna play, and this, is, this isn't the, the last time we're going to do this this offseason, but we're going to throw some names out there that the Twins should be interested in this offseason around hot stove time. This is kind of part one of how to improve the Twins and get them on the level of the Yankees and the Astros and uh, the Indians and the other teams they're going to have to surpass. So why don't, why don't you take it first? Go sign Wade Davis. That's my hot take, and I said it on the radio the other day. Um, I was accused of having a hot take, but it's not that hot to me. And I, I just think I use the name Wade Davis because he's sort of the top echelon. But I think that what this episode is maybe more about is, like, the framework around why you should sign Wade Davis or why it's not a hot take that you should go spend $80 million on a reliever right now. People are going to hear that and think it sounds crazy. I don't think it's crazy uh, for a number of reasons, and we'll get into them. I should be clear before we start. 
that this is not any kind of reporting. This is not, oh, twins are kicking the tires or the kicking the tires. I hope tweet. this episode winds up on MLB trade rumors. And because that, that'll totally that that's happened to me before. Where I'll post a column, a how to fix the twins column from five sure. years ago, and uh, I think the twins should go sign so and so. And like MLB trade rumors will say Phil Mackey, who covers the twins, says right. the twins are in on. Like well, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say kicking the tires. I did not say they were in on Kevin Correa. Damn it! The no ca- one in their right mind should have ever been in on Kevin Correa. The kicking the tires tweet is my favorite <laughs> that comes around every early November. We're going to see a lot of tires being kicked or, here pretty soon. Or X team has had internal conversations right. about Y player. Hearing the Twins and Orioles and six other mystery teams are maybe interested right. like, in yes like good. don't don't you think that that every team in baseball has had internal conversations about mike trout <laughs> right. you know wouldn't it be awesome if we had mike <laughs> yeah. trout hey well, what if he ever became available well, i'm not saying he would i'm just saying like <laughs> so, so wait wade davis we're probably talking like araldus chapman type money so yes. like 14 15 million dollars a year for one of the best yep Lights out firefighter long, relievers in, a, in the major league. And a long-term contract for a position that I think is generally stupid to give long-term. How, how do you know this elite-level closer will be elite for five more years? And I don't have that answer. I just think that if you're the Twins, you are in a spot now where you can take yourselves seriously. Last winter, and I argued this up and down they were not taking themselves seriously. People were really mad that the Twins didn't spend more money last winter, that their biggest go-get-him was Jason Castro. They're deciding between guys like Jason Castro and Matt Wieters, and I threw out Wilson Ramos's name at a, at some point. The injury kind of clouded that, but it's like that, to me, is a piece, and catcher's really, really important. But how many superstar catchers are there, and how many were available last winter? Don't, so, don't you also think it's a good sign, if you're a Twins fan and you want to know, is this front office going to spend in the offseason? Are the poll ads going to open up the, you know, the cheap poll ads going to open up the, the wallet? Jason Castro is not a great overall player. I mean, he's kind of a specialized, more of a defensive catcher. And they spent $24 million over three years on a marginal piece to their winning. So like that, to, I mean, to me, that's that's a lot of money for a marginal piece to your winning. Yeah. And the the guys we're talking about, whether it's a Wade Davis, Wade Davis is is a little bit more than a marginal piece, but he's not. Yeah, I'll say. You know, he's not a starting shortstop. No. He's not a starting center fielder. Like Even if your elite level closers have their limitations on how much value they can realistically contribute over a year. Right, but I I think. Derek Falvey and Thad Levine showed you a little bit that a little. they're going to spend some significant money on peripheral pieces to the puzzle by signing Jason yeah. Castro last year. Agree or disagree with the deal as a, as sure. a secondary topic. A little, but show me more. Now it's time to show me more, totally I agree. personally think. Because the way that I look at last year and this year, they're two separate conversations. You can go be aggressive. And and I think I can already hear the brushback. I, you know, I don't know if Wade Davis is going in the headline of this podcast as of yet, but if he is, I think he should. I think we're going to get. Well, first of all, trade rumors. Thanks. Second, <laughs> we're going to get the people who say, "Well, that's just not in the twins." The twins' past shows that they don't spend money. To which I would say, "What past? We are dealing with off season. Basically, I mean, it's the second off season, but it's the first off season in which Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are taking their team's chances of winning seriously. So it's almost like." This is an unprecedented winter for Twins, the organization, and for their fans. Yeah. So I'm I'm already annoyed by the counter argument I'm going to get that 
well, $15 million a year for a reliever over five years is crazy talk. You only spend that on Kenley Jansen or Aroldis Chapman, to which I would say Wade Davis is kind of like your next best thing. I think if you're he's, going to spend on a closer this winter, he's the best of the, of the available pieces. Yeah, depending on how you feel about Greg Holland. Greg Holland's a free yep. agent as well. I like and, Wade and Davis He was better. incredible for like three or four months yep. and then had a really bad stretch in, in August. Yep. Uh, Wade Davis has been more reliable the last couple of years because a he hasn't been catastrophically injured, yeah. and uh, and his I think his season was just more consistent. But when you're anytime you're talking about guys in their thirties, oh for sure, and He's guys 32. who throw hard yep. and it's and, a risk and un- and cut it loose for you know for one inning at a time or Don't two innings at a time. Get me wrong, it's a big risk to give a multi-year contract, especially a five-year contract. When one of those years, he might not pitch an inning for you. Yeah, so in general, I agree with your go-after-lights-out relievers and spend a lot of money on that particular set. I, let me add a few more names sure. to the puzzle Love here. Because I think you're you're all in this offseason and into next season. You're all in on either trading uh, prospect assets for pitching or yes. financial assets, whether it's like you know Wade Davis contract. Yeah. Or, hey, you could even make the argument that you have some position players that might be worth considering trading. Absolutely. I mean, so so if you break it down, I believe the Twins have around $21 million coming off the books going into next year. So Glenn Perkins, that, that was made official yep. as we record this today or, yep. or last night or this morning, whenever it was. Uh, so so Glenn Perkins, $6 million comes off the books. Hector Santiago and his 8 or $9 million comes off the books. Yeah. I believe the Twins were also footing the bill $4 million for Ricky Nolasco to pitch for the Angels, yeah. which I, I don't know if that counts on this year or last year, but they paid an extra $4 million a year ago. I think they amortized it for this year just to get technical. doesn't matter, but there right. you go. Uh, and Matt Belial, he might even come back. It's possible. A couple million. So $21 million yeah. off the books. Let's say you have between 20 and $25 million to spend this offseason. And I think it's possible they could have permission to spend more if yeah, they wanted to. Yeah, why wouldn't to. it be more? That's what but I let's think. just even let's just say it's twenty five sure. million dollars. I'm spending most of it, I think, on relief pitching. Because okay. if you even if you go back from Wade Davis and say, let's say Wade Davis is off the board, the Cubs want to resign him and he just whatever it is, like That's he's the out other the board. Part of this. Right. I, I'm not saying Wade Davis wants to sign with Minnesota. Right. I'm just saying if you're the twins, make your offer. You could you could go into the second tier of relief pitchers and find guys like Brian Shaw. Very successful with the Indians the last several years. Cut fastball in the mid-90s. Derek Falvey, very familiar with him. Addison Reed has been a closer. Mets, he's a free agent. Jake McGee, left-hander, Colorado. Success in the American and National League. Tommy Hunter's a free agent. Steve Sishik, big strikeout guy, is a free agent. Brandon Kinsler is a free agent. Uh, Ground ball, worm-killing master. If you grab two guys from that pool of pitchers, if you grab Addison Reed and Brian Shaw... And those guys are probably looking at two to three year contracts, six to ten million dollars a year. Call it seven or eight million dollars a year. You could let's just say hypothetically, you wanted Addison Reed and Jake McGee, two veteran established relievers, strikeout guys, and you spend seven million dollars a year on them. That gets you to fourteen or fifteen million. You could still go get an Alex Cobb mm-hmm. for a number three, number four starter. He's a free agent pitcher coming off yeah. a, a pretty good prove it season after surgery. Um, so I, I think if you have $25-ish million to spend, you could very easily, assuming that there's mutual interest, go get two really good bullpen guys yeah. and or a starting pitcher like an Alex Cobb. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in going this route of a number 3 starter. I think they could. And, Phil, we've talked about this before. We've talked about 
you'd write a column four years ago and you'd say, here are five free agents that would make a huge difference for the Twins next year. And here are the five guys that I think Terry Ryan will be interested in. Yeah, right. There were the yeah. Terry Ryan signing, the Mike Pelfries. You, you walk into a you know you walk into a Whole Foods or or, or a Lunds, and there's always the three dollar used DVD bin or you know whatever it is. I don't sure. think they have those in Whole Foods. I, I don't know why I said Whole Foods, but like a grocery store, <laughs> you just tip your yeah. hand. <laughs> I go to Whole Foods. And, yeah, that's right. I'm foo foo. That's right. Maybe you're getting like the organic the, DVDs. Are you They're getting, five dollars instead of three <laughs> grass fed DVDs? Are you getting the five dollar sushi? Or are you getting the $25 sushi? Like, and there's going to be a quality difference. Don't tell me that there's not. There is. So I think, I mean, that's the main reason why I use Wade Davis. I'm planting my flag in that because it's it's not interesting to me. I think Alex Cobb's a good pitcher. Would he help your rotation? Yes. I think you're at a point where you're, if you're the Twins, I don't think you go into this offseason and say, okay, well, what's the most efficient way to spend $21 million? I think that's what you did last year. Now I think the gloves are off. You've got Joe Maurer's contract on the books for one more year. I get that. Swallow it. Yeah. Hey, guys, before we continue on with the rest of this Touch em All podcast, it's Phil Mackey here for all of you Twin Cities area listeners to tell you about Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard is the location. My family and I have been going to this car dealership and service department for three-plus decades And there's a reason for that. It's the best in the business, the smartest and friendliest people in the business. They'll treat you like family. So find out why my family and I have been going to the same dealership and service department for multiple decades, right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. I don't care if you think that you're up against some ceiling. Now, if you're Jim Poled and you're balking at that notion that – well, we could maybe be a fringe World Series team, but it would cost you. Well, then that's a different conversation. Well, this is I think also you it, make him say no this winter. It's worth noting the last time the Twins were in a position going into the winter where, hey, this might be a World Series caliber team yeah, if we just it? beef it up. It was 2010 going into 2011. Okay, they spent a lot of money from 2010 through 2011 to beef the payroll up at the time it was the 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 highest payroll in team history i think they surpassed it one other time it was like 115 or 118 million dollar payroll uh uh, pavano contract extension and uh i'm trying to i I, that's six seven years ago i have to go look at the roster but uh but but my point is jim polad okayed a large jump in payroll from 2009 10 to 11 and and I think that's just such a tired narrative. Are the Twins going to spend like the Dodgers? No. Are they going to spend more money than uh, than they than they did under Terry Ryan? Almost certainly, due to inflation and due to a new front office and uh, probably just like changing priorities as it comes to the evolution of your organization. And the things that you need to buy this winter are more expensive than they were seven years ago. You weren't getting. Uh, Casey Fien and having to pay him nine million dollars a year, you weren't getting. What's that other guy? Uh, Burton, Jared Burton. Thank you. It's like a seven hundred thousand dollars right. or something. You were hoping he was that, pretty good for a couple yeah, of years. He was, that, that, was, was a, that was a bargain bin find. He had some shoulder issues. So yeah. I'm going to praise Terry Ryan for signings like that. You go find a guy who's completely undervalued in the market and get something out of him. But you don't have to shop in the grass-fed bargain sushi bin anymore the, the uh dvd bin it that that's 
that's no longer part of the conversation for me. Like, I think if you can find those guys, it's great. It's helpful to be able to find somebody like a Casey Fien who won't cost you very much money or, like, maybe it's a trade for a player to be named later, and he turns into a productive sixth or seventh inning guy. That's great. But I think you see with the teams that are left in the postseason are counting on more than those types of signings. Maybe you get one or two players on your roster who was sort of a scrap heap find and, like, good for you, you turned him into a productive player. For the most part, you're really concentrating your assets. If this is a fantasy football team, you're not looking for a bunch of starters who can score you 10 points a week. You need the starter who can get you 40 points that week. Agreed. And then you kind of fill in the rest of the roster. I agree. This is one of the biggest pet peeves I had with the Terry Ryan regime and that they would look to spend several million dollars on very replaceable starting pitchers. Sure. So instead of just... Having a guy, and this goes to your development system, too, and the Twins lacked in that area, but instead of having a $500,000 Scott Diamond or Aaron Sleggers, like Felix Jorge, that could be your number 5 starter for literally like $500,000, you're going to pay Mike Pelfrey $8 million to give you equal or worse production? Right. You could have spent the the $8 million you flushed down the toilet on Mike Pelfrey on a high-leverage, expensive eighth-inning guy, right? So I hope, this is why I'm with you on the Wade Davis my contingency plans are more like Wade Davis doesn't want to pitch for the Twins. Who else is out there? Wade Davis should be the first guy you call because if yes. you're trying to compete with the Astros, Yankees, Indians, on the National League side, the Dodgers. Look around. And you're looking at the difference between your team and theirs. And Craig Kimbrell with the Boston Red Sox. Yes. What are you missing? Look what they have. That. Right. Look you don't what you have, have that unless you think you have that coming up through your pipeline. I don't Maybe care. Maybe Tyler J becomes that. No, I you don't can't care. rely on him exactly. being that to start the so season. So there's so many guys that you could name and say, yeah, but if you give a bullpen spot or three bullpen spots to these free agent or trade relievers, boy, you're really costing yourself a Ryan Presley. Or let's even go a step further, a JT Shagwa, a Nick Birdie, a Jake Reed, uh Tyler J. you just mentioned. Yeah, but in the best organizations, Alan Buznitz, these guys have to earn their spot in spring training, in my opinion. If you don't sign a guy like Wade Davis because you're worried about how it might impact Tyler Duffy's innings, you're doing it wrong. Right. I think if Tyler Duffy then becomes a productive guy in your bullpen throughout the course of a season, that's great. That's a win on the fringes. But in the bullpen, we've talked about this before, there's this theory, bullpen chaining which I didn't invent, but it follows logic. It's when you replace somebody with a Wade Davis, if he replaces the worst guy in your bullpen, he's not replacing, you know, uh, Matt Belisle. He's not replacing Brandon Kinsler. He's replacing that seventh body, that seventh arm, and then everybody else's role takes a step down in importance. I've even said in the past, I wrote in a Five Thoughts column a couple weeks ago, I'm even fine if Trevor Hildenberger's your setup guy because I think Trevor Hildenberger's a real good find as a reliever. I think he needs to be, if, if you plan on flirting with a World Series, sure. going into the season. So He's going into the seventh. season, he should That's be fine. like your third best reliever. That's fine. And, yeah. you, and the other two guys, in my mind, are not currently on your roster. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. I'm just saying, if, if you need me to meet you halfway, yeah. Jim Polad, and, and there's this conversation about money where, well, we can probably only go spend one. Boy, we don't really want to trade any young position player. Okay, well then, fine. Go get Wade Davis, and the rest will figure itself out because now everyone else bumps back one. I'm not counting on Ryan Presley to be a setup guy next year. It'd be great if he took his raw stuff and developed into that. I think he has that capability still. Yes. I wouldn't sit back and count on it to happen, just like I wouldn't sit back and count on 
JT Shagwa to be healthy and be really productive for you next year, just like I wouldn't count on Nick Birdie coming back, just like I wouldn't count on if you're going to move Trevor May back to the bullpen. Would not count on him to be a lights-out guy, even though I've argued in the past that if he was healthy, I think that's a different Twins team. I think there you go. You've got your third-best starter behind Irvin Santana, Jose Barreos, probably, and it's a different conversation. He had Tommy John. You can't avoid that. That's that's It's part of baseball. Ryan O'Rourke's going to come back at some point. I think he's going to be a productive lefty in their bullpen. I'm not counting on that being enough to bridge the gap between what the Twins ran out this year and what you see the Astros run out every night. The Yankees, the Cubs, the Indians, the Red Sox, and the Orioles had a great trio at the back end of their bullpen. I think that the Twins are of the right mind to be building towards this thing, and now I think is the winter to really swing for the fences. Yeah, and so just to bring it back full circle, uh, and I think we did this after the Twins lost to the Yankees in our wildcard fallout episode. Trevor Hildenberger is the Twins' best relief pitcher right now. We agree, right? You could debate that, but let's just call it Trevor Hildenberger. If you were to slot him in the Yankees' bullpen, all right, let's do a pecking order here. Yeah, I know. I think you'd have to go through Araldus Chapman, David Robertson, Tommy Canley, Chad Green, Dellen Batonsis, and maybe Adam Warren, and then you would put Trevor Hildenberger on that pecking order. I might argue with Batonsis, and that's an interesting you brought that name up because he struggled at times this year. Really lost the control. The walk rate went way up, and the electric stuff is still there. I saw a piece on MLB Trade Rumors this is a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about another club, not the Twins, but talking about Batanzas as a possible trade target for other teams. Maybe you need some back-end bullpen help. Interesting reclamation project. If you're the Yankees, though, I just don't give up on that. I mean, I'd really have a a, a very high price tag, given what you're paying Batanzas, given the control, given the fact that you have this super bullpen that you don't have to give up. No one's forcing you to give it up. Right. I'm curious to see, but... That would be another avenue I'd look to explore if I was the Twins. Agree with your point that Hildenberger doesn't slide in at the top there. And that's why I think that just going to re-sign Brandon Kinsler, while I think you could do that, that's fine. But if you're counting on that being your only bullpen move this winter, if you're the Twins, I think that's a mistake. I think going to get basically the same bullpen and hoping that it gets better that's a mistake. Yeah, but and, and that's one area where I'm, I'm fairly certain this front office, and, and we didn't even talk about this on the episode yet, they're, they're making so many smart hires. They think about the game differently. They hired John Manuel, the editor-in-chief of yeah. Baseball America, away that. from that 20-year job. and uh, So I, they think about the game differently. I don't think this front office goes into a season hoping that each player on the roster performs at his 90th percentile. I think I think you look at the roster objectively and say, all right, can we really expect the same collection of relievers to take us to the World Series or to the playoffs, sure. whatever the goal is, and, and set set the bar low and build your roster so that if your if your you know middling expectations are met, that's still a ninety win team. Yeah, that's how they should look at it. Real quick, I have a question sure. for you on this bullpen subject. Okay, uh, do you follow Brian Kenny from MLB Network now yes, on social media? BK. So he's all in on hashtag bullpenning. And mostly as it applies to the regular season, but he's also taking this long-term and how baseball rotations and bullpens are going to evolve in the next 5 or 12, you know, 15 years or so. Yeah, so you said regular season. Did you mean postseason like right now? But that his general view is this is how He's applying it to the postseason now, but but could eventually be applied to uh, regular season games and, and strategy. 
and that if you don't have a Justin Verlander or a Max Scherzer starting in that particular game, if you do, ride them as long as they'll go and then like bring your relievers in. But if you have a number three starter, a number five starter, a guy that's not a horse, right? Instead of starting that pitcher and hoping he goes as long as he can or riding him 90 pitches and just see where you're at after 90 pitches, his strategy is start the game with your relievers, your best pitchers. Literally flip the game around. Start. The, so let's let's apply this to the Twins. Let's say the Twins would have made it to, well, they don't have a good enough bullpen to do this either. So let's 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 forget about the Twins. Let's let's take the Yankees for instance, or let's build the Twins let's, a super bullpen. That's a column that's coming right. up on my. Let's uh, say the, the Yankees website. and the Twins were like a blended roster, and for some reason <laughs> the Yankees had. Uh, as a starting pitcher, Kyle Gibson Dude, was like scheduled to start. It'd right? be a huge market inefficiency to just have a fifty-man <laughs> roster and great players. But like, let's say that let's say the Yankees had Kyle Gibson on their roster, and okay. he was the next scheduled starter for sure. the upcoming game. Or you could choose Kyle Gibson if needed. We're going to start this game by handcuffing and starting the game to Kyle Gibson. We're going to have Araldis Chapman pitch the first inning, or maybe both first and second innings. David Robertson is next, and then Tommy Canely, and essentially just blank the opposing team until the fifth or sixth inning, and then see where the game is at. And ideally, you're up four to nothing at that point, and, you bring and then Gibson. you bring in Kyle Gibson with a four-run cushion. Sure. The analogy would be if you and I are putting together two separate teams to run a marathon, 26 miles, and you're just going to pick the best marathon runner, mm-hmm. or not the best marathon runner, but like a seasoned marathon runner, sure. like not the Justin <laughs> Verlander of marathons, contract. but like a pretty good marathon. Ran some marathons, yeah. And and my strategy is okay. Well, I have a capped number of runners I can use, but to get the best time, I'm going to put out six different runners, all going like five or six miles at a time, sure. or four, four, whatever the math is, four miles at a time, at of at a four and a half or five minute mile pace, sure. And they're not going to be able to do that for twenty six miles, but they're going to be sprinting basically for the yeah. you know the twenty minutes they're out there. Right. That would be the the analogy. Agreed. Here. Regular but, season that's tough because you have to be mindful yeah. of burning guys out. You're running post-season, a marathon you get, again. You get built in off days in the postseason, so you yeah. must be foolish not to do it's it. It's pretty obvious that it's happening in the postseason. Like there's not the you can't. Well, it's, but it's not happening to that extent. No, nope, but it's There's still there. mediocre starters who are going out there and, and they still getting s- shelled for three innings and then you have to like play catch up. Some teams still have to go to mediocre relievers too. There just aren't enough great pitchers in baseball to have a Super Bowl pen on ten different playoff teams, but there is a definite trend in that direction. Like they're just you, you have your starters and your aces and then you have guys who you don't want facing the order two or three times even if they're a quote-unquote starting pitcher. So like I, I'm not going to argue against that. The only thing is, and, and I'm looking forward to reading the book this winter, uh, now that i got a little bit of time on this schedule, I'm curious about, let's extend that analogy, because I heard uh, you guys talking about it on the radio today. If we extend that analogy, the yeah but is, I am running a marathon tomorrow, and so are you, and now your guys are gassed, you got to figure out whatever next echelon of of shorter, medium distance runners you're going to use. It becomes pretty difficult to do that within the cons the confines of a 25 man roster. That'd that's be my a, main. That's a argument. really yeah, that's what makes the regular season version of this a lot harder. But to be clear, I think Brian Kenny is going to be looked at as somebody who was sort of revolutionary and ahead of the curve on this issue. But 
he's really planting his flag pretty hard in the this is how baseball is going to happen. Now, here's why I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's optimal strategy to win a game using this, right? Using this uh, marathon sprint analogy. Having, uh, okay, Trevor May is healthy this year. He's going to pitch the third, fourth, and fifth innings three days a week. And, uh, okay, and, and Irv's back, so he's going to start his. He's going to go at least twice through the order before we hand it over to the bullpen. Same with Boreos. But, like, okay, Trevor Hildenberger's going to pitch the seventh and eighth innings three times a week. Uh, Matt Belisle's back, maybe, so he's going to pitch the sixth inning twice a week or whatever. You're just kind of figuring out how the puzzle pieces fit, what the jigsaw looks like. It's probably optimal strategy to go with relievers who do this. But if you're sitting in Rob Manfred's chair and you're curious about how do we get casual fans involved? It's action. It's batted balls. It's playing defense. It's hitting home runs. And it's star pitchers or, or just or not, just na- name pitchers. But it's not yourself. seven relievers with a 38% strikeout rate that are just going to either walk or strike you out and that's it. It's not Carl Edwards Jr. loading the bases and then walking you Darvish and then somebody getting in and striking out two more guys, yeah. and that's the end of the game. And while end. I agree with that, I don't know how you can police that. I don't know how you, you can tell teams number, you can't bring in. No, you could limit the number of pitchers on a roster. I mean, there, there well, are ways, I mean, yeah. For sure there are ways that you could stem against the rising tide of saying, all right, we're going to have four position players, and we're going to give up outs, and then we're going to have 22 relief aces who are never going right. to allow I, a I do think I think here's where we wind up. And not every team is going to be able to do this. You're going to have to construct your roster. I think we wind up as we watch two squirrels literally like this is my favorite moment right now of the Touch Em All podcast. <laughs> a squirrel is running with his buddy around. That one the almost table. ran up your leg. Actually, I really thought he was going to crawl up my <laughs> pant leg. And I wouldn't say that I'm like deathly afraid of squirrels, but that was a frightening proposition. That was weird. Yeah, that, that was weird. We made eye contact um, for a second. And it got really intimate. <laughs> um. I think where we wind up with all of this bullpenning discussion, you're going to try and find those those gem pitchers, those starting pitchers, those you know those Justin Verlanders, uh, Jose Barrios. You know what you hope he's going to become. I was going to say, wow, lofty comparison. At some point, you hope he becomes yep, that, and on. you're going to ride those guys as long as you can in an individual game. But where I think teams are already starting to figure this out, the Royals have been doing this for a while. Why subject a non ace or elite starting pitcher to a lineup a third and fourth time regardless of pitch count when you could maybe be more mindful in those games of of handcuffing strong bullpen chains uh to those mediocre pitchers or maybe you have three guys you really trust as starting pitchers to go six seven innings and you know it's not going to happen every time and uh and you save your bullpen bullets and you make sure that you have fully rested seventh eighth inning guys and flip that around. Like I could see, I could, I could see Chad Green starting a game for the Yankees and going two innings, and then handing the ball off at some point well, to you know, whatever Michael Pineda or whoever the sure. Well, that's the question. Then is like, now you get a six-run lead in the second inning. Get Verlander out of there. Yeah, I know it was his day to start. That's fine. If you're trying to win 110 games, I think personally, can he come back in three days? Exactly then, right? right. A shorter day of rest. Treat today like a bullpen day, even though he was maybe psyched up to start. Great. Now we're up six nothing. Dylan G's taking her home, or right. Kyle Gibson's taking her home. Whatever. I don't know if baseball teams are going to go to that really quickly. Like, are they just going to jump in the deep end? But I think whether the Twins do that or not is irrelevant to this conversation. I think even if we're talking about more of a traditional construction of a starting rotation with your seven- or eight-man bullpen, I still think it makes 
the world of sense to go spend a lot of money to go get the best person available. If Wade Davis doesn't want to pitch for you, and uh, you mentioned some other names, whether it's Addison Reed, Greg Holland, I think Juan Nicasio is a free agent, um, the Dellen Batances trade or Kelvin Herrera trade or anything, whatever. If you can't go down that road, well, all right. Uh, oh, I was going to say, if you can't go down the premium free agent road, I go down a trade path, and I figure out somebody who I feel really confident in, and here's the litmus test. I would ask myself before I sign somebody like this, this is a nebulous question, and it's almost pointless to even bring it up, but just for the listeners, how I think about this. All right, game seven of the ALCS, and you've got two runners on base with nobody out in the ninth inning, uh, three-run lead. Like, who's pitching for you? You're Who saying you... if you start the game with your lights out relievers? No, or no, 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 no. I'm like the sorry. The ninth inning of Game Seven of the ALCS, the World Series is on the line. Who do you trust? Yeah, your best. Your... Go. Like just in your mind, who do you trust? And right now, it's Trevor Hildenberger. Oh, okay. I see. What you're, I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Answer that question more confidently. Correct. Feel conviction. Yes. In answering that question with whoever, whomever you're going to trade for or sign to a rich free agent contract, because. I got news for you. There are some good teams in the American League. The Twins, with the right kind of offseason trades, they can put themselves, they can inject themselves into that conversation. It's just a matter of how aggressive are you going to be this winter. So I think we're going to get to spring training next year, Phil. This is going to look, it's going to be a different roster. It's going to look very different. And if it doesn't, I blame the front office, frankly, for not being aggressive enough. Because I think right now is the time you go and be aggressive if you're the Twins. And as far as uh, the stamina of these podcast hosts, I think we are the mediocre starter that has already gone through the order a third time, and we should stop before we see that lineup a fourth time here. More of a mop-up reliever, personally, (laughs) but...